Welcome to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast, powered by StatRoute.com. And now, here's your host, Ryan Skullroot. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullroot. I'm your host, and again with me tonight, I have my brother Justin. Go ahead and say hi. Hello, everybody. Hope you uh, enjoyed that uh, Saints-Texans game, huh? Well, that was that was the one to enjoy, If unless you're a Raiders fan. That's for darn sure. Yeah, well, the Raiders win, but the... the uh Oh, I guess that the Broncos fan. football game was uh, was definitely the game of the week, in my opinion. Oh yeah, I mean that was epic. It was yeah, that game had so much more intrigue than any of my fantasy matchups this week. It was it was unbelievable, <laughs> uh, and that's why I've got the bourbon out. One a, a drink, <laughs> a drink for the Seahawks who who came away with the win, and the more, only win of your week. Uh, yeah, the only win of my week. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Well, when your when your starting quarterback decides to throw more touchdowns to the other team than he does to his own, and then let's see, the other quarterback basically just got buzz sawed by a far superior defense in New England. Um, let's see what else happened. I had a star receiver who was out for who basically was non-existent because his team decided to run the ball the entire week and his quarterback only threw 10 passes. I had another guy who was throwing up on the sidelines because of an illness and his quarterback again was throwing touchdowns to the other team. So I was kind of hosed from the from the get-go this week. So It's week one. It's, it's week, week one. one. It is not overreaction time. It is well, not how it is, it is overreaction. It is the time. overreaction is not, season. Yes. It is not freak out time. Let's <laughs> let's chill out. Is week one. Most of your rankings preseason will are I would consider more likely to stay true than some of these sneaky wide receivers who jumped up out of nowhere. Some of them, which we'll talk about, uh, a few waiver wire wide receivers are of value. Uh, some of them you may want to avoid, but um, but yeah, let's get into the show. Great show today. Yeah, this should be a whole lot of fun. Uh, real quick, quick announcement. Uh, we are posting, I will put this up, we are going to post our accuracy results from our week one rankings from this past week. Yeah, as Justin and I both go, ee, ee. Quarterback wasn't pretty for me. <laughs> well, quarterback, I was... In full disclosure, had I actually been a part of the expert consensus last year, of the 135 experts, I would have been second or third to last in quarterback ranking last year. However, That's... however, my preseason full disclosure, I was horrible with quarterbacks last year. Week to week, week to week, week to yes. week. But my overall predictions from the draft rankings in the beginning of the season, I was 12th. So, all right. So, yeah, so we are going to have those uh, the ranking accuracy up there tomorrow. And you'll get to see not only how we did against each other in terms of the, uh, I believe, 14 guys that we have on there doing rankings on SkullKingFootball.com. Which I'd is, like to know what other site has that many people ranking. Um, Not many. It's a lot. CBS of, it's, has it's, four. It's uh, the big guys. The footballers have four. Eat Sleep Fantasy has three or four. It's it's but, uh, it's it's like yeah. uh yeah it's it's the big the big but not 
not all of us are like, listed no. on the site. I am the only one who's actually part of the accuracy contest because we're a smaller because we're a smaller group. They only are going to put one of us on there, and why not me? Since I'm the one that started this thing for now. For now, I fully anticipate I could be on there next year. Let's. I'll I'll drink to that. Here's to it. All right. Um, and with that, we are going to get into our Weaver Wire show. So let's uh, let's start it off with the headlines. Today's headlines. And it's no fun to start off your your first week of the season with your most likely first round draft pick, wide receiver possibly going on IR. So for right now, he is avoided IR in Tyreek Hill. However, what the what the report says he is going to be out a little while, 6 to 7 weeks is the possibility. Um I saw something else on here just to make sure I pull it up right that uh while they are not making a they're going to wait a couple days to see whether or not they actually are going to put him on IR. Because if they put him on IR, he's out for eight weeks. He's out for eight weeks, yep. So, And then it's it's the Sammy Watkins and hopefully McCole Hardman show. Yes. I, I would rather it just be the McCole Hardman show, to be completely yeah. honest. Uh, I Once again, rookie. So a little tentative there. We'll get, in, we'll get a little bit more into McCole Hardman as we get the waiver wires. So, all right. So that's it uh, on Tyreek Hill. Uh, story number two. Darius Geis, um, there was a big scare when he went into the tent uh, about halfway through the game. Uh, after that, he went into the tent again, and then they, I believe they ended up just pulling him. Yeah, He had an MRI on today for us who are recording this. Uh, for you listening to this, it will have been yesterday. An MRI on his non-ACL injured knee from last year. And is likely to miss some time. The hope is he does not need surgery, but the team is doing a full evaluation. He gained 18 yards on 10 carries, looking like he wasn't himself. So I'm gonna I'm gonna uncoach speak this. He's out for two to three weeks minimum. When they say the hope, when they say hope, not surgery. When that's in a sentence, <laughs> that's not good. That means that there is at least. Something that has to be laid to rest, not necessarily laid to rest like he's dead, but it has to be <laughs> laid up, it has to be rested um, for a chunk of time. So he is definitely not playing next week. He is probably not playing, I would say, for two weeks. My my, If I were to put $20 on the table right now, I'd say he wouldn't play for the next three weeks. That's uh, me. Yep, I would, I would probably say the exact same thing. Um, this is... This is a guy that he was dealing with injuries before he came into the league. That was one of the knocks on him. Um, was was his he was one of those guys that was always dealing with some sort of injury. Um, oh, and I just noticed I misspelled Darius guys. <laughs> it's fine. Um, Ius. Yes. Darius. Darius Geis. Well, no, it's his last name that I spelled wrong. Um, <laughs> I got the first name right. That's actually how it's spelled. Um, G-use. Yes. I, yeah, he was, he was just, he was always one of those injury prone guys, Uh, you know, out of LSU. Same thing, Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette had, you know, lots of injury issues. 
I'm not saying that it's a it's an LSU thing. It's just both these guys, you know, happen to come from there and have dealt with injury issues. So, um, this is another thing that we will be bringing up in the waiver wire portion of yes. the show. Story number three. Uh, Nick Foles uh, officially had his uh, surgery this morning to repair his broken clavicle. He has gone on IR with the designation to return, so he will be out at minimum eight weeks. Let's not forget when this happened to Aaron Rodgers a couple years ago, Aaron Rodgers went out like second or third week. Missed eight weeks, was on IR for eight weeks, came back. They brought him back on. They what, activated him. And he came back like week 14. So he was out for 10 to 12. And then gets injured again, and they put him back on IR to end the game, to, to end his season. So Nick Foles has a long way to come on this. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play again the rest of the season. And so we are dealing with the Gardner Minshew show in Jacksonville, which, to be honest, he didn't do so. He did not do so bad um, this last week. And as part of that, since they didn't really have a backup quarterback on, you know, behind, they didn't have number three behind Minshew, uh, the Jags traded, I believe it was a conditional fifth round pick to the Pittsburgh Steelers for backup quarterback Josh Dobbs who was I mean he was basically a practice squad player so yeah I don't like I don't like Josh Dobbs uh as as much of a prospect I mean this he is not he is not going to He's do anything challenge at all. to challenge Minshew Minshew is you know Minshew is an air raid uh quarterback who can throw pretty well in the air raid and it proved that he can do it under center as well with Jacksonville, pretty well. so um, pretty well in in the NCAA last year, no one threw the ball or completed more passes in all of the NCAA last year. Yeah, uh, here right right here, uh, it said that uh, his completion percentage of eighty eight percent was the highest in NFL history for any player with at least fifteen pass attempts making their NFL debut. It was also a franchise single game record among players with at least twenty five pass attempts. Well, when you've been dealing with Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles. Uh, let's see. Can't water if you fell out of a boat. <laughs> Blaine Gabbert. I mean, the last quality quarterback that they had in Jacksonville was who? Um, oh, the lefty out of Washington. Uh, Mark Brunel. He Mark was the last Brunel. real quality quarterback they had in Jacksonville, and that was when the when the the team started in the mid to late 1990s. So, yeah, that's a while. All right, uh, Justin, did you have another uh, uh, any other couple stories or injuries you wanted to go over real quick? Uh, the only one I, I want to mention: uh, thoughts and prayers go out to Gary and Conley, who Oof. was taken off uh, the field in a stretcher. Um, hit by his own player tackle on the sidelines kind of rolled up and um, his head got hit by the leg of a fellow player as they're kind of sweeping out of bounds. Yeah, it was, it was ugly. It, you, this is one of those things where you wouldn't think this type of injury would happen the way they got tangled up. But if you watch the replay, it's the way the player hit straight on the top of the head, forced it down and forced his head forward. 
Um, and then he didn't really move and he was holding his head almost right after the contact. So um, I like that the NFL is taking a little bit more caution with, with head injuries. I'm glad they penalized the, the Oakland player. I'm glad that um, they, they were able to get him taken care of. They didn't rush him up. They just got him taken care of. They got him on a stretcher. Better to be safe than sorry. The Oakland Raiders were going to win that game anyway. Yeah. Um, thoughts and prayers go out to, to Garon Conley um, in his recovery. Hopefully he doesn't miss too much time. But first and foremost, his health is more of a concern than his than his playing time. Yep. So. All right. Uh, just a couple quick notes. Jerry Jones says that a deck extension is imminent. That is going to get done, especially with how he played uh, this past weekend. Um, and a couple other quick, uh, Sterling Shepard was evaluated for a concussion. He has officially now been put into the concussion protocol. He actually has one. So that's, uh, I believe that now is it in terms of the injuries. So why don't we go ahead and move into our very first waiver wire show of the season. Let's hit up some waiver wire madness. Waiver wire madness. All right, Justin, we are going to hit up the waiver wire. Um, what? We're going to start you with uh, the quarterbacks. Why yeah, don't so, you uh, go ahead and hit into those? For me, the the number one quarterback option that I like um, is Andy Dalton. Uh, in, in Once again, my waiver wire percentages are based off of players who are owned in less than 50% of CBS leagues. So Andy Dalton is currently owned in 14% of CBS leagues. Andy Dalton lit it up against the Seahawks. Uh, I know that the, we talked about this in yesterday's show. Seattle didn't, what I felt, didn't scheme well against uh, Andy Dalton. But with Mixon potentially missing this next game, they're going up against, uh, I believe, the 49ers, um, who did not look really that great, uh, except for getting two touchdowns handed to them by Jameis Winston. Um, he attempted 51 passes yesterday. So basically when Mixon went out, they dedicated all hands in on the pass. So I expect, at least for this next game, to be more of the same pass-heavy type offense, which is which will always produce good numbers. Even if Andy Dalton throws a pick or two, 51 pass attempts, you're going to get production out of that, uh, out of that volume. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. And then uh, my other one, we talked about them a little bit already. This is more for deeper leagues. Um, it would be Gardner Minshew. Uh, I thought about putting uh, Matthew Stafford on my list, but I I'm putting him more as an avoid uh, due to the fact that he plays in the toughest division with the best defenses outside of the Lions. Um, and with five of those games on his schedule in the remainder of the – 14 weeks left we have in the regular season outside of the championship, the, the Super Bowl of fantasy football, if you will, in week 16. Um, I wouldn't start him in those five games just off the top of my head. And he also plays Dallas. He, over half of his games, I wouldn't start him. I'd look for other options. So yep. that's not someone that I'm going to look to add on waiver wires. But getting back to Gardner Minshew, this is more for a 14-plus, 16-plus team league or a two-quarterback league or if you had Nick Foles, Gardner Minshew is not a lightweight. He played um, at Washington State University, air raid offense. Uh, I already mentioned that he he threw more completions and more pass attempts in college last year in the NCAA than any other quarterback 
he averaged 367 yards per game, totaling 4,779 yards in 13 games. That also includes a game in the Pac-12 or in the Apple Cup where he only threw for 157 because it was a massive snowstorm in the second half. So you take that game out, his average jumps to like 385 yards. The dude can throw the ball. He's not going to need to have to aerate it out in this as long as Fournette can run the ball. Correct. Um, he's a great option to stash in your bench if you have a deep bench, uh, maybe for a bye week, or if you're in a 14-plus league or two-quarterback league, great guy to have, as I see, upside, and he's currently owned in 0% of CBS leagues. Yeah. Um, so basically what you're telling me is like in our listener league that's 16-team um, – Super flex in which I only have one quarterback. I should probably go after Gardner Minshew. Yes. What I'll say, uh, for those of you who are uh, in the listener league, I'm going to tip my hand a little bit. And I know you need a quarterback. So in that, we'll, we, I, I want to do – one of the things I want to do this year is talk a little bit more of what we do in our strategy. Yep. To kind of – to present that a little bit more, be a little bit more relatable to you guys and talk about strategy that we have. So – we're in a 16-team quarterback super flex league, so that is a quarterback starter and a flex that you can put a quarterback in. Correct. So almost everybody does two quarterbacks. This is also like bonuses for 40-yard plus. Um, you and I both exited the draft with only one quarterback apiece. Correct. Because Some teams had four quarterbacks. One team had five. One team had five. I, I did a trade and got Eli Manning. I almost uh, I almost traded for um, Case Keenum. That that probably would have worked out better than my Eli Manning one. <laughs> um, I'll let you know that our fab is one hundred and twenty dollars. I'm spending more than my my waiver wire fab dollars is more than forty dollars on this because it's a sixteen team league and we get like twelve people on the bench. Yep. So if you look at this league, there is literally no one else. Everyone else who had a great week is already on other people's teams. Correct. Basically, the only people left on the waiver wire are second and third string quarterbacks. Well, and, and there's I'm even talking about all players. I'm talking about all players. Oh, that's true, yeah. There's no one that we're going to mention today in the rest of the show that's not owned in that league. Correct. So, all right. Uh, in terms of me for the quarterback, uh, my waiver wire pickup quarterback that, I mean, I had Andy Dalton in there uh, who's owned in 10% of leagues. My other one, let me pull up the page one more time, is Josh Allen. And I know that he had four turnovers in this last game against the Jets. He still put up seven, uh, almost 18 points um, in, I believe it's four yards, or it's four points per passing touchdown. Um, again, the guy, the guy can run. That's where a lot of his production comes from. So if you look at what he did in the game, uh, he did run for a touchdown, which helped. He ran for 38 yards. And so because of that, I it's his rushing that really helps him out. Going up this next week, I believe, is against – who? Oh, let me pull that up one more time. Uh, he is – how did I miss that? There we go. Josh Allen's going up against the Giants. The Giants. And the Giants struggled – just in general against the uh, against the Dallas Cowboys. Now they are going to be playing at home in New York. Um, well, in New York City. Well, actually, it's New Jersey, but um, New York City. <laughs> um, and so, those of you who know the old pace, the old pace. pace. 
And so, yeah, I like I like Josh Allen to at least get something done in this game to be able to do. You know, I think he'll be fine in this game um, and still put up enough points to be a streaming option, especially if you had you know if you had someone that really struggled or you've got someone that has a, a rough uh, rough schedule coming up. So. And uh, Alan is owned in 32% of Yahoo leagues. So while Justin's doing CBS, I'm doing Yahoo. All right, we're going to move on to running backs. I've only got two just because uh, the list could have been a lot longer, but I'm trying to condense this a little bit. And both of mine are from the same team. You're probably wondering which team that is, or you're not. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> the Washington Redskins. Adrian Peterson in Yahoo is only owned in 38% of leagues. And coming up, they are going up against the Dallas Cowboys, which isn't going to be a you know, isn't a great um, isn't a great matchup. But he is going to get volume. Um, and then the other one is Chris Thompson, who's owning thirteen percent of leagues. Chris Thompson is going to get volume, uh, catching the ball out of the backfield, especially with Darius Geis out right now. Let me see. Uh, Thompson in this last game had. Well, he only had three, 10 yards uh, running by. I want to say he had like, what, eight receptions, seven receptions. Um, yep. And so he is going to get the volume there. He is going to catch the ball in the backfield as long as he is healthy and there's opportunity for him. If they are trailing Dallas, which is likely uh, playing in Dallas, uh, he is going to get a lot of work. And I think that he could be a nice uh, possible flex option, especially in deeper leagues. You know, in those 12 to 14 team leagues, he could be a nice flex option or a guy to pick up on your bench to screw over someone who really needs some running back, uh, who really needs some running back help. Again, Which is a great strategy. We're showing strategy here. So, Justin, do you have anyone to add to that list? Uh, I like Chris Thompson, um, but the one that I like more uh, right now because it's a, an infinitely better team. Uh, would be Malcolm Brown, currently owned in only 16% of CBS leagues. Malcolm Brown is clearly the backup to Todd Gurley. And by backup, I mean getting 40% of the workload. Uh, Gurley is going to be on a little bit of a, uh, a, a lighter workload. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what word I was trying to throw <laughs> out there. Um, but uh, they, they, they're just not going to be using him as the, the bell cow as before. They're going to be integrating Malcolm Brown. A lot of people considered Daryl Henderson to be the, the backup. I wasn't sure um, because Malcolm Brown was still there. Daryl Henderson had an okay preseason. Um, but Malcolm Brown clearly 11 carries, 53 yards, two touchdowns. Todd Gurley had 14 carries uh, and one reception. Daryl Henderson only had one carry for zero yards. So Malcolm Brown is clearly the the backup with a handcuff to own. If you were not, if you didn't lose, like if you lost Tyreek, maybe go get a wide receiver, which we'll talk about in a second. But if you didn't lose Tyreek, and especially if you have Todd Gurley, you need to go get Malcolm Brown. Yep. I would put Brown above Thompson. And then the other one, which I debated putting on this list, would be Ronald Jones for the simple fact that if you need running back depth, um, Tampa Bay is a 40-40-20 split with Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber both getting 40% and then Dare getting 20% but only on passing work. So I think whoever of those three shows the mo or, or whoever of the two of Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones shows the most consistency over the next couple of weeks, 
could earn more of a timeshare, but Aaron's already said this is going to be running back by committee. So if you can't get the other two or you're, or you don't want to put a lot of fab here early uh, or you're really low on the waiver wire order, Ronald Jones could be an option. I'm still not a believer, but based off the usage, Ronald Jones had a much better game than Peyton Barber did. I want to throw one more name out there just real quick. It, this is more of a standard league. If you're desperate for running backs already in a standard league, Carlos Hyde. I know. I never thought that I'd be throwing that name out there. 10 rushes for 83 yards. He is very much the early down roll. Yes. Uh, compared to compared to uh, David or Duke Johnson, who they put basically kept in the pass catching role, which is always what his job was in yes. Cleveland. Um, he the the touches were about even. Carlos Hyde 11 touches total, so he had a catch for two yards. He had 10 rushes for 83 yards. And then uh, Duke Johnson you know, would have put up 90 yards himself with a few catches. So, yeah, you know, uh, Carlos Hyde could be a guy that if you need the – if you're desperate for running back help, he is a guy to pick up, especially in standard leagues for, like, a, a running back too. So He, he could be the uh, – well, the one thing I'll also say is Lamar Murray was a, was a straight-up RB2 consistently. Carlos Hyde could, could have – High running back three, low running back two numbers there. Texans are going to be a great offense. And with all those pass-catching options, they're not going to stack the box. They're not going to see a lot of stacked boxes against that offense. Correct. All right, Justin, let's hit up the wide receivers. Uh, the obvious one I'll get right out of the gate, Malcolm Brown, currently owned at 16% mean, of the leagues. You mean Marquise Brown? Marquise Brown. Sorry. Marquise Brown. <laughs> we just got done talking about Malcolm Brown. Just talked, yes. Uh, so Marquise Brown, uh, currently owned in 29% of CBS leagues. Uh, he's clearly the deep threat for Lamar Jackson. Um, and if Lamar Jackson is going to get clean pockets all day, uh, which won't happen every week, they're not going to play Miami every week. But it certainly um, will this next week against Arizona. Yes. And so once again, we talked about Stafford's numbers being great because he played against a Patrick Peterson-less Arizona defense. Um, it's going to be the same thing here for the Ravens. So look for good numbers. I have Marquise Brown. He's going to be a, a, a starter, no doubt, this next week because you can at least put him in your flex, even if you're in a two wide receiver, two running back, two flex league. Correct. Um, he's going to be, a, at minimum, a wide receiver three. Has tremendous value and standard because he's going to be that deep threat. Correct. He may not need as many touches. He's not going to be the target guy. He's going to be the one stretches the field. Um, but Marquise Brown phenomenal week look for him to continue to produce solid wide receiver three minimum numbers the rest of the season okay who else uh my next one um is jameson crowder currently owned in 47 percent of cbs leagues you can't ever ignore targets um specifically in ppr or standard um it may not matter as much or sorry ppr or half point it may not matter as much in standard um, because you want deeper threat guys, you want yardage plays, you want someone like a Robbie Anderson who's going to get that high bomb or the Marquise Browns of the world. Um, but Jameson Crowder had 17 targets. The Vikings didn't even throw 17 passes. <laughs> so he got 17 targets. He clearly has chemistry with Sam Darnold. Um, I think it's a little early to call him the clear number one with Robbie Anderson still there. But clearly, he was way more involved than Robbie Anderson was. Um, so give it a couple of weeks. Maybe he surpasses Robbie Anderson. But 
Jamison Crowder is definitely a starter for the next couple of weeks if he's getting that much, uh, if he's getting that many attempts thrown his way. Yep. All right, are those your two? Uh, yeah, I'll let you go, and then I'll if if you don't cover the other two, I'll talk about them very quickly. All right. Um, since you covered those two, I'm going to go to a, a couple other rookies. Uh, DK Metcalf. Um, you know, we were talking about Tyler Lockett all offseason about how he was going to be set to take over the role of um, of Doug Baldwin. It was DK in this game. Watching it, they continue Wilson continually threw DK's way uh, in a game where God I, Wilson didn't even throw again. Doesn't throw thirty times. I don't think. No. Um, six targets, four receptions for 89 yards. He was going his way often. Um, he had one, he had a target in the end zone that ended up uh, being pass interference, defensive pass interference to give, you know, ends up, uh, Carson gets a one yard touchdown out of it. Uh, but he was, he was targeted often. He is, I think that he may be the number one in Seattle. Uh, you know, I know that may be a little premature, but with his size and his speed, considering they also no longer have Jimmy Graham, they don't really have that big target. I was going to go there. <laughs> yeah, he is that big target. It just helps that he also has the speed, and he looked good catching the ball. Yeah, Jimmy Graham got like 12 touchdowns a couple years ago uh, when he played with Russell. He was the big body target in the end zone, so look for that from, from DK. Um, I'm very nervous about Lockett's involvement. Two targets, two targets, really one. No, he it was two because he he caught one and dropped the he dropped a second one. I understand that, but legitimately, Lockett should be more involved. That's concerning. Once again, I'm going to preach targets till I'm blue in the face. And if Jameson Crowder got 17 and Lockett got two, something's wrong with the world. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, the other one that I've got is uh, this one's a lot deeper, and I don't think people – I mean, I wasn't expecting to actually say his name, to be completely honest, because of the fact that I wasn't sure what this team was actually going to be able to do. But I got to go with Terry McLaurin. I mean, we had, we had talked him up a little bit in the preseason about what he, what he possibly could do, especially with his connection um, with Haskins being both, you know, coming out of Ohio State – Terry McLaurin, seven targets, five receptions, 125 yards in a TD. Now, I understand he had a long TD to go with that. The guy is six foot, 210 pounds, another you know big, solid receiver with 4.35 speed. He was, I mean, I, I liked him better. I honestly liked him better than Paris Campbell coming out of the draft. So... I think that he may have stepped into the number one role and be showing that he is the number one there in Washington. I'm going to have to adjust how I deal with him coming in this next week. Again, I know they're playing Dallas, and I've got a lot of Redskins on here. This is partially because of injury and partially because we're finally figuring out what this team is actually going to do. So uh, I like McLaurin. I think that he, he's going to get a lot of playing time. He is the best wide receiver on the team. Yes. Now that now James, that Crowder's gone. Now that yeah, Crowder's gone. Uh, you know, Doxon was was kind of a joke to be completely honest. Uh, really, mm, it's it's McLaurin. Joke is harsh, but <laughs> McLaurin is McLaurin is the guy. Yeah, so. uh, and and for those of you who want to get more information on him, 
Uh, Wyatt, one of our staff writers, did a draft profile for him for Dynasty Leagues. You can simply Google Harry McLaurin's Skull King. It will take you to the link for that article. Yep. Strengths, weaknesses, uh, overall grade, covers what he did in college. Great article um, to go look at. Um, Terry McLaurin, once again, the Redskins didn't have – no one knew. I mean, I made jokes that you pick up Vernon Davis because who else are they going to throw to? Um, obviously now Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin. <laughs> I w- I'm very, very hesitant on rookies, specifically at the tight end position and at the wide receiver position. But I had stashed McCole Hardman in a couple of leagues. Same. Um, and so I like that I have him. Uh, similar. That's one that I'll touch on. Only 29% of leagues. I know he played 70% of the snaps, maybe over 70% of the snaps, if, one if I'm target. remembering correctly. Um, but he didn't get any fantasy points. One target. Yeah, so one target. Tyreek Hill is out. They're going to involve him more in the offense. He's speedy. He can do similar things to Tyreek Hill yep. in a skill set. Uh, once again, rookie may not be the most consistent, um, but maybe we're talking about McCole Hartman being uh, the Marquise Brown of next week. Who knows? Yeah, it could be. I highly doubt Sammy Watkins is going to be uh, Sammy, the Sammy Watkins of this last week next week. Um the reason why I stashed McCall Hardman really quickly was because Sammy Watkins' contract next year, I think he's owed $21 million if he's on the team. So my thought process was they'll integrate McCall Hardman more towards the latter half of the season in preparation of cutting yeah. Sammy Watkins at yep. the end of the season. Yep. So that they didn't have to pay him $21 million. But if he gets 200 yards and three touchdowns, pay the man $30 million. Yep. Um, but my other two, really quick, John Ross targets. If if uh, they're going to be throwing gonna, fifty-one times, Andy Dalton. If he's going to be throwing fifty-one times, you want his receivers. Um, the other one is Danny Amendola, thirteen targets. I know I playfully kind of bashed him yesterday. I went back, watched a little bit more. He's more involved. And if the Lions can't run the ball, um, they're going to be doing a lot of short passes. Amendola, similar to the. Uh, Edelman role. Edelman role. Golden t- kind of the Golden Tate role. Those short yeah, short exactly. passes and see what he can do. Head coach is from uh the Patriots, so it's it, it's similar. His it's offensive similar. coordinator was the offensive coordinator when Tate was in Seattle. Exactly. So you're gonna Amendola may be Edelman two point for the Lions. So could be once again that's later. If I were to rank my five Brown Crowder, Ross, Amendola, and then Hardman. Okay. That's how I would do it. Actually, I'd probably put I'd maybe put Hardman above Amendola because I like the offense much better. Yep. All right. Um and finishing off with well, no, not quite finishing off. Uh doing the uh, the the tight end pickups, there is only one tight end worth picking up that's owned in less one. than 50% of leagues. And he had a very good night tonight. Mr. Darren Waller. Let me whoops, I'm on the wrong page. Uh, okay, then I've got a different one. Oh, you've got who's? Is Darren Darren Waller's owned in sixty percent of CBS leagues? On Yahoo, he's only owned forty four percent. Seven, eight targets, seven receptions, seventy yards, now a half point PPR. Yeah, that's only ten and a half points. However, that's ten and a half points and a half point PPR from the tight end position from someone that's not named Gronk or that's not named uh, Kelsey Ertz Kittle. That's, I mean, that's solid. If you can get something that much out of someone that's not one of those three, you're in good shape. Yeah, if you can get ten points from your t- eight to ten points from your tight end, and you didn't 
reach for one of those top three, you're fine. Yep. Okay, so who's who's yours, Justin? For me, is Vernon Davis. He's only owned in four percent. Um, Darren Waller, like I said, is owned in sixty. Everyone else who's owned below fifty points, Higby, no, because there's five receivers that I like better than him, including the three wide, the actual wide receivers, and then I like Brown uh, and, and Gurley catching the ball. So I'm not taking the sixth option in a passing offense. Um, to me. It's Vernon Davis, seven targets, four catches, an amazing touchdown play. Uh, I would have considered that probably the play of the week before the the the, uh, the field goal kick to win the game tonight. <laughs> the 58-yarder. The 58-yarder. Lutz had never done anything more than 57 yards, so career high, game winner. Uh, the Saints saved themselves from being messed over. We all know about the pass interference play last year, but very ticky-tack call on a missed PAT allowed them to re-kick they t- uh, the Houston takes the lead one of the funny stats was that Watson was second in the league last year with five come from behind winning drives in the fourth quarter he goes down and scores in like 14 seconds and then on comes Drew Brees who was the leader in come behind come from behind wins last year <laughs> with seven and then he then he wins so um but back to, to Vernon Davis um only four percent leagues monster play um if reed is still out vernon davis is going to be involved outside of McLaren and the tight end position i don't know really who else is going to be involved except for chris thompson um no one else has really kind of emerged so those would be your options and the the, the thing about vernon davis weak. though the thing about vernon davis though is he's only he's only a good option if reed is out exactly so He's more of I think I, he's not necessarily one that you'd actively go on to the waiver wire to get. Yes, he's a guy that you wait and see how Reed Saturday is doing. Morning. Yeah, morning. he's a he's a he's a wait until wait until they've ruled out Reed on Friday yes. for this weekend, and then you go pick up Vernon Davis. Yeah, but I had to say something. Hawkinson's owned in in more than fifty percent of CBS leagues. Waller. Those would have been really the guys around that that bubble. Yep. But they were all owning over fifty percent. So. Yeah, that was that was the same in my league. So, all right. So, Justin, why don't we go ahead and give your streaming defense for this next week? For me, I'm going with the Panthers. Uh, currently owning fourteen percent of CBS leagues. Um, this streaming pick is more because of the gameplay of Jameis Winston. Um, he threw two picks, sixes. It's at home for the Panthers. This is a team that historically is a good defense in recent years. Struggled mightily last year. They played against the NFC champs in the first game of the season and and played okay. If you figure in the offense that they were and, and what uh, Carolina's defense was last year, they played okay. Home against a divisional rival, and the Buccaneers on a Thursday night game on a Thursday night game. So less time to prepare. I think the the Panthers are an infinitely better team overall, both sides the ball. Um, so I'll go with the Panthers. Yeah, I'm with you on the Panthers. I, and again, it pains me to say it because I actually have James Winston as a quarterback on one of my leagues um, and Chris Godwin as my wide receiver in that same league. I think here's the deal with, here's the deal with Winston um, and, and the Carolina defense. If you think about Thursday night games, how often are they high-scoring great games? 
they're usually crappy defensive slug you know slug it outs or 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 an absolute blowout by one team because one team's just simply not prepared and the team that's usually getting blown out is the visiting team yes which in this case is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers so i think that carolina is is the best bet in terms of a streaming defense for this week if you don't already have you know, if you don't already have a solid defense that's, you know, like if you don't have Chicago going up against Denver or let's see, what's another one? Or Baltimore going up against Arizona. Oh, my gosh, that's going to be so bad. <laughs> um, you know, but if Baltimore's you don't in more than 50 percent. So, yeah, I mean, well, I get it. But again, if you don't already have those options and you're looking for a streaming defense, Carolina obviously is the way to go. So, yeah. All right. Well, that is it for our waiver wire show of the week. Our first one this season. Um, we are still figuring out when we are going to do our pick 'em and stick 'em. We may do it tomorrow night's show. We may do it in the last one. Uh, these next couple shows that we are going to be doing, we are going to be covering up or covering the fantasy uh, relevance of each of the games coming up. Uh, we'll cover about half of them tomorrow and half of them the night after that. We are looking forward to seeing how our, or maybe we're not looking forward to seeing how our rankings turned out for this week and our ranking accuracy. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. Well, you know, it's always interesting because it all depends. Really, our, our ranking in our accuracy all depends on how everyone else did on Fantasy Pros as well. So. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so we are looking forward to seeing how the rest of this week goes. Looking forward to a better week this week than we had last week yes. in Fantasy. Um, I hope your your the teams you actually root for continue to win unless you're the Patriots, and then we we I hope that AB completely destroys the Patriots from the inside out. Yeah, uh, they just added another Infinity Stone to Thanos's glove. Oh, shut up! Stop. <laughs> I hate the Patriots, but look at the offense. Look what they did, and they're adding AB. I, I know. What other other reference you could make? Shut up! Just just stop. Let's not even. <laughs> Then let's then let's let's get someone to cut off Thanos' head. Let's just make it that easy. Does does that make <laughs> Eli Manning Star Lord? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I don't know. All right. Well, guys, uh, we want to thank you for listening to the show. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We uh, look forward to uh, bringing you another show tomorrow. Make sure to watch for the waiver wire articles that will be coming out tomorrow on or coming out today if you're listening to this on SkullKingFootball.com. Again, my name is Ryan. This is Justin. And we will talk to you guys later. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues.